And if you don't know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, then you don't have no idea about the love of God. The love of God is powerful. The love of God is more powerful than anything in this universe and outside this universe. And we're going to see him one day. And we're going to see him face to face. We're going to see him as he is. The Bible says we're going to be just like him. If you have your Bibles today, I invite you to turn with us to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26, verses 1 through 5. And it came to pass, when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said unto his disciples, You know that after two days is the feast of the Passover, and the Son of Man to be is to be betrayed and to be crucified. Then assembled together the chief priests and the elders and the, el and the scribes and the people unto the palace of the high priest who was called Caiaphas and consulted that they might take him by subtlety and kill him. But they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar among the people. Now when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon, the leper. There came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head. And he sat at meat. And when the disciples saw it, they had indignation saying, to what purpose is this waste? Father, thank you for the privilege to stand before you, these people today, to stand behind this desk, God, that I know that you have put me here and I pray today that you'd speak through me. I pray that the message would go to where it's supposed to, that it would speak to hearts that it's supposed to, that it's to say what it's supposed to say according to your holy word. God, we'll praise you and thank you, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The scripture talks about there, um, I picked up on these words. I like to go back and just reread and pick apart the words. And in verse 1, it says... Uh, and when Jesus had finished all these sayings, what sayings? These sayings included the parable of the talents just prior to that. He shared about the talents um, and how one man took his talent and buried it and wasted it. He didn't prepare for it. And he, he moves on. He talks about the sheep and the goats. He talks about the shepherd separating the sheep from the goats. And the sheep representing Christians and the goats representing the lost people. And he talked about, I was hungry, and you didn't give me anything to eat. I was thirsty, and you didn't give me anything to drink. I was a stranger, you didn't even take me in. I was sick and in prison, and you didn't come to see me. This disturbed them, and so they said, Lord, wherein have we saw you hungry and didn't feed you thirsty and give you something to drink? Stranger and didn't take you in. Naked and didn't clothe you. Sick and in prison and didn't visit you. Lord, I can't recall that. And he said, if you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. So what he's saying is we need to be prepared. Preparation is always to be carrying on. I mean, we prepare for everything under the sun except meeting the Lord in the air. Jesus is coming back, regardless of what the news media might say. Um, I think of this, this lady on TV walking down through the woods and said, I'm in my 60s, I've got plenty of life ahead of me. She don't have a clue. We don't even have the next breath before us. The Bible talks about our walking and our heartbeat and, uh, you know, one step away from eternity. 
one, one heartbeat away from dying. I mean, it's coming. I mean, I'm, I'm looking, hey, the older I get, the closer that gets. I got a whole lot less time in front of me than I got behind me. I mean, I don't know any 140-year-old people still walking around, do you? <laughs> Not this ugly anyhow. Amen. I tell you what, I, I appreciate all that God does. And I think of the preparation. He loved me to the end. Right now, even right now, Jesus is preparing a place for you and me. That's what he said he went home for. He said, I go to prepare a place. Preparation. What if we get there and he said, well, I, I'm sorry. It'll be another thousand years before I get your palace ready. Hey, no, not so with, with our God. Not so with our Jesus. It's going to be there. It's going to be ready. It's going to be fully furnished. There's going to be all manner of fruit to eat. We're going to be able to sit by the river. We're going to be able to walk down the street of gold and all praising his holy name. I can't imagine what kind of time uh, we're going to have when we get to glory. And the way we're going to get there is by accepting Christ as our Savior. Please don't bypass that. You know, right now in Atlanta, Georgia, with the bridge burning, there's a lot of preparation going on. Traffic. Lord, don't y'all get sick and go to Emory Hospital. I only know one way to get there. <laughs> don't know how to set a GPS up. <laughs> I know how to follow God's provided star, though. Preparation. A lot of preparation is going on. Well, I think about this portion of God's Word. There was a lot of preparation going on in these days. The Bible says it was a feast of the Passover. What they were doing, they were gathering there to celebrate the Passover, where they were celebrating where the children of Israel were delivered out of Egypt. And they got to that point, and before they were delivered, though, that the death angel was going to come and every firstborn, whether it be cattle, young'uns, whatever, was going to die that night unless the blood of the lamb was put over the doorpost, over on the lentil, okay? That's why it's called Passover, because when the death angel came and saw the blood, <clears throat> he passed over. He spared them. So here we are. We're at the feast of the Passover. Jesus said, you know after two days, that the feast of the Passover is going to be over and the Son of Man is going to be betrayed. The Son of Man is going to be crucified. Well, when I think about preparation, I think, first of all, preparation means planning. you got to plan. If you don't plan, what do you plan to do? You know, hey, if you thought about your preparation... What, what am I supposed to do, Lord? What am I supposed to be doing in these days that are swiftly passing by? It's hard for me to believe. Hey, where in the world has time gone? Well, you can remove the hands from a clock, but you won't stop the time. You know, I, I get so tired of running it forward and running it backward. And I got one. I just leave it alone. I say, I know it's behind one hour, Okay. And hopefully I don't get confused and not show up where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> but the old 18 van, hey, it's so gummed up, it reads 504 no matter what you do. It's 504. It is. It's 504 somewhere in the world when that thing says it's 504. But, hey, it is what it is. So you, some things you just can't change. 
But preparation means planning. I want you to listen. Jesus was planning to die. That was the reason he came. I can't imagine, the scripture don't record this, but I can't imagine what kind of conversation did God the Father have with Jesus, his son, prior to his leaving heaven to come here. What kind of conversation you reckon? I'm satisfied there was a lot of preparation. Now, son, this is how it's going to be. But whatever happens, don't you forget, I'm with you. You speak, you'll be speaking through me. When they see you, they'll be seeing me. You just keep on going, but the bottom line is... There's going to be a point when I can't look at you because you're going to be carrying the sins of the entire world. Jesus was planning to die. When I thought about that and I I read that to be crucified, I'm asking you and I'm asking me, have we made plans? There's about every age imaginable in here. Have you made plans to die? I mean, you know, people, they're dying every day. Somewhere right now somebody's just died. Somewhere right now, somebody's just being buried. I, won't have, I don't have time to take you to, to uh, Africa, to where they took us, and they told me, said, you're going to be having part in the funeral service. Hey, we're talking a half a day. I mean, it took, it took time to get there. Dust, great big hole in the ground, and I'm serious. If that hole was a foot, it was eight foot deep. Hand dug they had this lady wrapped in all manner of claws. And prior to that service, there was a service in the little church. I don't mean that literally, little. There's no church that's little. But this lady was very sick, and they brought her to the service that day. And they said, we want you to come and the gathering around her, and we're going to pray for her sickness. We did. And I guess, I don't know, maybe that's why I was asked to help um, with, a, with a funeral. Well, it was none like I'd ever been in in my life. But it was a lot of preparation went into it. I mean, a lot of preparation. So I ask you again, have you made plans to die? Jesus is planning to die. Secondly, Judas, and we think about uh, means planning. Judas was planning to betray him. Can you imagine that? A man who had followed Jesus no less than three years, who sat under his teaching, who watched the miracles that he did, and saw everything, ate with him, spent the night with him, taking care of the money. But he was making plans to betray him for more money. We also see Peter. Peter didn't know it, but he was planning to deny that he ever knew Jesus. Can you remember what Peter said? Hey, Lord, I'll go with you all the way. He was making preparation right there. I'll go to the cross with you. No matter what you go through, I'll go through. And Jesus says, son, you can't do it. First of all, you're not strong enough to do it. Second of all, you're going to deny me. Oh, not me, Lord. Hey, you know how many times during the week we deny Jesus? Here's a person who needs a witness. Get somebody else. Man, I'm scared to death. I don't know what to do. Hey. Just tell them what the Lord's done for you. That's all you got to do. Tell them that you've been saved by the blood of Jesus. So Jesus was, he was planning to die. Judas was planning to betray him. Peter was planning to deny him. And then that hard-headed bunch, look at them there. They are, they're listed there in verse 3. Chief priest, oh, the big dogs, they brought them out. 
They brought the scribes out. They brought the elders unto the palace to meet the sorry low-down rascal we call, we see in there, Caiaphas. What do we know about Caiaphas? Well, he was responsible, listen, he was responsible for setting up a speedy trial. And reason being, he was afraid that the people were going to get out of hand, you see. He was afraid a riot was going to take place and that he wouldn't be able to control uh, the people. He was responsible for a speedy trial. And what he said was, he said, this man is stirring up the country. Let me tell you something. It is high time that we as Christians stirred up the country. Hey, it's so sad. Dot's kitchen cannot ask the blessing anymore in the kitchen over there. Because of the government. Who is the government? You and I are. Who pays the taxes? You and I do. And we're going to let some tidbit say, oh, you can't ask the blessing. I'll go to jail over it. There's no sense in it. We're getting, we're getting real close in, in the Good News Club where we may not even get to go and have good news. Church, I'm telling you, if we don't stand up and make preparation, we're going to be run over and swamped by the devil's crowd. But remember what Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Well, old Caiaphas, he, he was guilty of, of having a speedy trial because he didn't want the people to get stirred up. But he was also guilty of saying that uh, Jesus had blasphemed against God by saying he was God, by saying, if you've heard me, you've heard my Father. I came from my Father. Boy, the more Jesus said, the more salt was poured in on the wound. And old Caiaphas, he wasn't going to settle for anything less. And so he speeds up the trial. And then he goes as far as he can go. And then he sends Jesus to Pilate. And what Pilate said? Man, I've searched the records. I've read the papers. I can't find a thing wrong here. What do you say? People are hollering, shouting, crucify. For what? For doing good. Well, when we're doing good for the Lord, it's okay. Bring on the dogs. If we're doing what God wants us to do, bring on the fire. Because God said, hey, I'm going to be with you. Preparation means planning. Not only does preparation mean planning, but also preparation means packing. Getting ready. Packing. I was recently in a, in a, uh, uh, working on a house, and the lady, she said, uh, you go through this door and through the carport uh, to get to your restroom. I said, okay. Well, when I walked through this carport, her husband had just died just about three or four months ago. I mean, it was a layout of tools and equipment in that carport like none other. And I'm thinking, well, he didn't take a thing with him. He didn't take a thing with him. Packing. We make plans and we pack. Now listen, Jesus, according to Scripture, Jesus had nothing. But he did get a crown. He did get a robe. It was a crown of thorns. And it was a robe that was not seen together anywhere. But he wasn't packing anything. Judas, he was done packed and he's ready to leave town. He was just waiting on the go sign. Now you remember, you may hear this again, you remember 
that God spoke to his heart in some kind of way. And he went back to those people that hired him for 30 pieces of silver and threw the money at them. Hey, it was too late then. Remember what Jesus said when they were at the, at the table? He said, whatever you got to do, go do it, do it quick. And he went out. The Bible says he went out and hanged himself. Yeah, he was packing. He was ready to leave town, and he left town unprepared. Packing. Peter, on the other hand, Peter wasn't packing. He was restless. You ever seen people restless? I mean, they over here a while. They old yonder, they just stirred up. Can't get settled about nothing. Peter was, he, he was upset. He was stirred up. And, and according to Scripture, he went to three different little locations, and every time they point him out. Oh, no, man, and not me, not me. And on the third time, the rooster crowed, and that's what Jesus said would happen, son. And the Bible says that Peter went out. I'm assuming out of the house, out of the community. He may have left town for a moment, and he wept. He wept bitterly. So preparation means planning. It means packing, but also preparation means performance. Jesus was going to the cross. Now, in those days, in, in, in the people who were there shouting and all, it was a performance for them. Hey, we're finally rid of the one who has tried to stir our town up. So, Jesus was on the cross. Judas, when I only think about Jesus on the cross, I think about Jesus on the cross, I think about Judas and the cash. The cash. What was he going to do with that? What was he going to do with it? The more he gets, the more he wants. Listen, the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money is the root of all evil. I've heard people say that to me many times. They just misquote the whole thing. They said, you know money is the root of all evil. I said, no, it isn't. Yes, it is. What the Bible says. I said, no, it don't. Yes, it does. I said, no, it don't. You're leaving out one word, the love. The love of money is the root of all evil. And Judas, hey, Man, he was being thrown here, thrown there. He had the cash, and he was ready to leave town. Also, we see another performance. The Bible says they were in Bethany. There was a crowd with a challenge. What are you going to do with Jesus? What are you going to do with Jesus? What are you going to do with somebody when they won't cooperate at all? What are you going to do with them? They ask her, hey, what... What do you want to do with Jesus? And the the word was simply crucify him. To us today, when we think of performance, let me tell you something. It is a challenge to follow the Lord. Is what you have, what I have, belong to him? If not, you need to give it to him because sooner or later he's going to get it anyway. You're not going to take it with you. I'm not going to take it with me. So why not just dedicate it and give it to him now? Lord, whatever you want, you can have it. Whatever you want me to do with what you've given me, I'll do it, Lord. I'll just give it away, whatever. It's amazing to me what what God has blessed us with, and, and we don't want to share it. We don't want to let somebody else enjoy what we have. All right? So when we think about preparation, the planning, the packing, the performance... 
But then there was the perseverance, the trial. It was a mockery of a trial. And when I look back at verse 3, they all assembled in there. Can't you imagine the chief priest when they walked in? Well, guys, we got him now. It's about over with. We got the scribes with us. We got the elders of the church. We got the people here. We're in the palace. And man, we got Caiaphas over us here. We, we ready to rock and roll. Well, we know it was a trial. But not only a trial, but I look forward uh, to verse uh, 14 and 15. Then one of the twelve called Judas Iscariot went unto the chief priest. Now this is a temptation here, okay? And said unto them, listen to what he says. What will you give me if I deliver him to you? What you going to pay me? I mean, hey, I'm one of his followers. He, he, and I'm in charge of the money. Uh, and and I, believe, I believe he'll come where I ask him to come. If I, especially if I say, hey, somebody's sick over here if you've got time to run by. The temptation. So they had an agreement, the Bible says, with him for 30 pieces silver. What a temptation. Not only a trial and a temptation, but there was another perseverance taking place and it was the trick in verse 4. And consulted that they might take Jesus by a crafty, cunning, falsely accused manner. And then there's a comma there. And then the Bible says, and kill him. What a horrible thing. To kill the one who has life. Kill the one who has the opportunity to do whatever you ask in my name, he said. But in last of all, there we think about the perseverance, not only the trial and the, and the temptation and the trick, but then there was a testimony in verse 2. Jesus said, and you know, after two days is the feast of the Passover, and the Son of Man is to be betrayed and to be crucified. Let me tell you something. Are we ready for the trial? You're either, you're either in a trial right now or you're headed to a trial or you're just coming out of a trial. As a Christian, as a Christian, you can look for the trial. James chapter 1 verse 2 says, Count it all joy, and I underline the word when, not if. Count it all joy, my brethren, when you fall into different trials. Count it a joy. As a Christian. People say, well, why am I having to suffer and go through this? Why did Jesus do it? He'd done it because of sin. Why are we having to go through it? Sin. Not necessarily in our life. Maybe in somebody else's life. But the bottom line, it's Satan. Satan is the root of all sin. Yesterday, I had the glorious privilege of sharing with kids and I want to tell you something. They were adults coming in the room also. Take an egg. I said, what is this? This is an egg? Yes, it's an egg. And I said, the shell represents God. I said, what's inside this egg if you crack it? Oh, we got the yolk. I said, what color is it? It said, it's yellow. I said, let that represent Jesus, okay? I said, when you're frying it, what other color appears? White. I said, let that be the Holy Spirit of God. There are three, but yet they're one. And I said, let this balloon, had a big old balloon. I said, let this balloon represent sin. And I, I said, I want you to just tap it around. And I'd hit it towards somebody, and it was just bouncing all over the room. I said, that's the way sin is. It tries to attack everybody coming and going. He don't care who he attacks. 
And I held the balloon right here, and I took the, the egg, and I said, but when God showed, and when I said show up, hit the boom, <laughs> sin was gone. I said, when Jesus comes into your life, sin can't stay. It don't mean we won't sin, but sin won't have a place to live in our life. So count it a joy when you fall into various trials and temptations because God said he would be there. Cassie's going to put up Hebrews 3, 7, and 8. I want you to listen uh, to, and, and follow along and look what it says. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today... If you will hear my hear his voice, now listen, this is, this is what a, a lot of us do right here. Harden not your hearts. Don't be hard-headed. Give in to God before he comes. Harden not your hearts as in the provocation, in the day of temptation, in the wilderness. All right? And... Uh, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let me tell you something. People are watching us. No matter where we go, somebody is watching us. We were recently, and I'll finish that verse. We were recently at a restaurant. And the man behind me was paying. And so he put the money over on the counter. Put $100 down. I saw it. The little lady behind the counter, she opens up the cash drawer. She put the $100 in there, and I saw her do this number. And she said, sir, there was two of these. She said, I want you to have it back. I thought, my goodness, $100. He probably never would have missed it until later. Many might have not known what happened to it, but she would have known. And guess what? God would have known. Listen. So great a cloud of witnesses. Now here's what we need to do because of these witnesses, because of people who are watching, because of that overcrowd. Listen to what he says. Let us lay aside, get rid of every weight and every sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience. Listen, you can't run my race. I can't run your race. I heard people say, I don't want your race. Well, I don't want yours either. <laughs> let us run the race. Listen. That is set before us. And here's why we, want, we need to do that. Why do we want to run the race that's set before us? Because, looking unto Jesus, why? He is the author of my life. He will be the finisher of my life and my faith. Who, for the joy, listen, that was set before him. The joy of going to the cross that was set before him endured the cross. Despising the shame. And it's set down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's why I ask you again, are you prepared to die? Have you made those plans? You know, it's important. We shouldn't leave those kind of plans to our family. I've been with many family through the years since 1976 in a funeral home, watching them, trying to help them make plans. Spending more money than they'll ever know on a casket and a vault that's going to be put in the ground and covered up, never to be seen anymore. Are you prepared? Don't leave that to your family. And also, 
Don't have one of your family members come up to me as the pastor and say, do you know where my daddy went? Do you know where my mother went? Do you know where my children are? Did you talk to my child? Did you talk to my husband? Did you talk to my wife? Were they saved? Don't put that on me. You find out. And make preparation. Listen, make preparation today. I'm talking real stuff. Heaven is real. Hell is real. And in that story yesterday, I said in your, in your school, your children in school, there's exit signs. There's one right there. There's one there and there's one. Let me tell you something. There is no exits in hell. None. One way in and that's it. Preparation is important. Jesus has already done his part. In fact, on the cross, he, he, made, he, 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 he said three words that means all the world to me. It is finished. I can't add anything to it. Listen, nobody's coming before him. Nobody's coming after him. He's the one that went to the cross for me because of the love of God. He is the one that's going to come and get me when the time comes. Are you ready, prepared to die? Father, in the name of Jesus, touch hearts, touch lives. God, without you, we're nothing. With you, we can accomplish and do all things. And God, I thank you and I praise you for this word today. Help us to be prepared, Lord, for whatever's coming that we can glorify and honor your holy name because I know without you I'm nothing. But I know with you I can accomplish all things. God bless this congregation. If there's any here that's lost today, Lord, give them courage to come forward. Help them be prepared to die. Lord, I pray for any that need to just come to the altar for prayer today. We just ask your will to be done now, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.